Welcome to Man Up, the podcast for men, by men, and about men and our daily walk with the Lord. Here we talk about being better fathers, husbands, leading our families, and becoming the men that God wants us to be. Our topic today, values. Are you ready? Man Up. Yes, sir! Welcome, welcome, my friends. I'm your host, Jared Bowman, and this is the inaugural episode of our brand new podcast, Man Up. And I am so glad that you are here. Today, it's just me and you, and we are going to talk about the kind of men that God wants us to be. This is a program for you, by you. We are a band of brothers who encourage each other in our daily discipleship, our walk with Jesus, and to become more faithful as husbands and fathers and leaders of our family. And that is the essence of this program. I think it's time has come. Now, today, we are talking about growing into the kind of men that we want to be because 2022 is knocking at the door. 2021 will soon be a memory. It'll all be in the rear view and maybe next year we'll finally be done with COVID, but maybe not. But I would be willing to, I hate to use the word wager, but I'd be willing to guess that there are probably more gym memberships purchased in January than the whole rest of the year combined. And it's because we are coming up on that season where we begin to make these promises to ourselves about the kind of men that we are going to become. Now, I say this because I have bought, this is not a fitness program. If you saw me, you would know that. But I say this because I have been that person for years of my life. Every January, I would go to the gym and I would get a membership. I would go for a week or two, maybe even a month or two. But eventually, life would become complicated and end up after the pain of paying for it became more than the embarrassment of canceling it, go to the gym and cancel the membership. Now, that is funny. Maybe not some of you. Some of you may be very serious about your fitness goals. And if you are, I salute you. As you but were. For some of us, that's a little funny because we know it's coming when we make the goal. But I'll tell you where that's sad. It's sad when it comes to our spiritual goals. I think every year we all make some spiritual goals that this is the year I'm going to grow as a father. This is the year that I'm going to be more intentional with my time with my sons and daughters. This is the year when I'm going to lead my family in Bible discussion or start a daily Bible reading or get into some better habits about worship. And we start out a year with such zeal, but then time and circumstance happen. And what happens to those goals? Well, most of the time, they go away. I have one very long-term spiritual goal, and that is a program that I do on YouTube. It actually started out as a Facebook web series uh, called Biblically Speaking. I have determined that that is going to grow. In fact, you might want to check it out. I'm doing some stuff on evidences right now, and it's really cool. But I'm determined that that is going to be a conduit for good information about the Bible because I want my son to see that I'm dedicated to reaching people with biblical truth regardless of where they may be but we all set these kinds of goals and more often than not what happens is we end up missing the mark the question is why why is it that we know when we go to the gym in january and we sign up for that membership as much enthusiasm as we have why is it that we know that come december we will still likely not be a member of that gym or if we are it's just because we haven't gone and canceled and the reason is that it's not in our values. There's a term that I like to use, and it's called paradigm. I'm sure you've heard of a paradigm, but if you haven't, a paradigm is a logical framework for evaluating the world. It's basically a way of making 
quick decisions based on past experience, based on judgments, based on things that we believe and things that we know to be true. Very often what we're trying to do at the beginning of the year is change our paradigm. We want to see ourselves in a different way. But if we don't change the values that are part of it, if we don't learn better habits, if we are trying to brute force ourselves into change without changing the underlying thoughts, then we are destined to fail. Let's look at a passage of scripture today because, hey, we should always go back to the Bible. This one comes out of James 3. Open up to James 3. We're going to do a couple of these. Right, Hicks! He says, Who among you is wise and understanding? By his good conduct, he should show that the works are done in the gentleness that comes from wisdom. But if you have bitter envy, selfish ambition in your heart, don't boast and deny the truth. Such wisdom does not come from above, but is earthly, unspiritual, demonic. For where there is envy and selfish ambition, there is disorder and every evil practice. But the wisdom from above is first pure, then peace-loving, gentle, compliant, full of mercy, and good fruits, unwavering, without pretense, and the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace by those who cultivate peace. Now, James is talking here about how it is that our actions eventually show where our values really come from. Do they come from above or do they come from below? Now, one of the things that, that I absolutely love about James, and that was James 3, beginning in verse 13 through the end of the chapter, is James is a book of wisdom in the New Testament. And in many ways, it's a reflection of the Sermon on the Mount. You sort of see in that expression of this is what the wisdom of the world looks like, and this is what the wisdom from above looks like. In that second list, you sort of see an expression of the Beatitudes, which we're going to look at in just a little while. But the reason why, and James is going to, James from here is going to go into why there isn't peace among them and the peace that they're lacking between their brethren, and maybe the peace that we're lacking in our home sometimes, or maybe the peace that we're lacking in our own lives, comes from the fact that we are hostile toward God's wisdom. And it's not until we begin to take seriously the wisdom of God that our paradigm is going to shift. Because until the value shifts, the practice will not follow. Now, James is not done with this thought. In fact, look at what he says beginning in verse 13 of chapter 4. I mean, we could, we could go through all of chapter 4, but let's not devote the whole podcast to just reading James. It says, Come now, you who say today or tomorrow we will travel to such and such a city and spend a year and do business and make a profit. Yet you do not know what tomorrow will bring, what your life will be. For you are like a vapor that appears for a very little while then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say if the Lord wills. We will live and do this or that. But as it is, you boast in your arrogance, and all such boasting is evil. So it is sin to know the good and yet not to do it. I want you to understand what James just told them there. He's not just saying we should run around saying, if God wills that we should do this, then, we, then, then it will happen. Or prefacing everything we want to do with the words, if God wills. What he is saying is, is that wisdom should teach us that God is in control of our lives. And that when our first thought in that paradigm, remember those decisions that we're making on, on that logical framework, if our first thought in our paradigm is not, 
what is the will of God, then that paradigm is destined to fail. So if you want to change your habits, if you want to become a man of God, if you want a family that better reflects, if you want if you want a family that better reflects the kind of spiritual leadership that comes with a man who is patterning his life after Jesus, then that has to first become the value that we put first and before everything else. And I believe that's what the scripture was talking about when Paul refers to David as a man after God's own heart. That first and core value, before I make any decision about where, I, how my family and I are going to live, the kinds of entertainment we're going to enjoy, the way I'm going to speak to my wife, the decisions I'm making about our future together, have I first run that through, is this something that the Lord wills? Is this something that God desires? Have I asked myself if the life I'm planning is according to the wisdom that is first from above? Is it going to create peace and love? Is it gentle? Is it compliant with the will of God? Does it show the mercy of God? And is it intended to bring about the spiritual fruit that comes by first asking, is this something that God wills? And I got to tell you that asking if God wills sometimes leads us to some pretty difficult conclusions. Sometimes asking if the Lord wills means that we look at our life and say, I need to change the trajectory that I'm on because I don't believe God is happy with this. Or I need to have a conversation that I'm not comfortable with because to not do that would be something that would be displeasing to God. That I need to look at the world through God's eyes as opposed to making the will of God an afterthought. And that's really the crux of what we're talking about. That do we see the world the way that God sees the world? And are we trying to see the world that way? Is that shaping the choices that we're making? Go back to those family values that we talked about. That How do we allow the will of God to govern those goals that we've set for our family? How does listening to the will of God help us be more intentional? And that really is a good word. It's my word for 2022 is to be intentional about things. To be more intentional about things like daily Bible reading and, and assembling with the saints and being an example and a role model. Because you see, the goal of 2022 shouldn't just be, oh, I'm going to go to church more. Or I'm going to read the Bible more. Or I'm going to grow more. We ought to have reasons behind the goal. I want to read my Bible more because I need to understand how my God wants me to lead my family. I need to be at worship services more because I need to be praising God more and pushing the world out of my mind. I need to be intentional about my influence and my example in my family because I understand that the influences of the world are ever-present and always there. I'm going to be intentional about the entertainment that we engage in and the conversations that we engage in. And I am going to run everything that I do through the matrix of if the Lord wills. One of the most important places where we see that idea of if God wills is Jesus in the garden. Nobody would deny that Jesus is a man of God. And what was it he was praying in the garden? Not my will, but your will be done. He said, let this cup pass from me. That's my will. 
is that this cup would pass from me, that there would be, not he didn't want to redeem us, but there would be another way that he could redeem us. We see that in John chapter 12 when he asked his disciples when the Grecian Jews came up and wanted to interview him. And he asked his disciples, should I ask God to save me from this hour? This is the hour that I have come for. I've come to glorify him. Should I ask God to save me from this? He was telling them, I'm going to die because that's the will of God. Jesus sees the will of God and pleasing God and honoring God was the paradigm that brought him to the cross. Well, why? Well, the Hebrew writer says it's because of the joy that was set before him, meaning the adoption of you and I into the family of God. That was so important to him that he would say, never less than the will of God. So how do we change our thinking in this way? Is it just enough to say, if God wills? And I would say, no. We need to be very dutiful in that thought. Is the thing that I'm proposing with my life really according to the will of God? But how do we know what is according to the will of God? Now, I mentioned that James is a commentary on the Sermon on the Mount. And I really feel like the place where the blueprint for the man of God is expressed in the most succinct way has to be the Beatitudes of the Sermon on the Mount. Looking at those statements very quickly in Matthew 5, it says, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. You want to be poor in spirit, you have to first desire the kingdom of heaven. You want to be part of the kingdom of heaven, you have to be poor in spirit. There has to be a, a humility. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the humble, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called the sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for the sake of righteousness, for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. You are blessed when they insult you and persecute you and falsely say evil, every kind of evil against you because of me. Be glad and rejoice because your reward is great in heaven, for that is how they persecuted the prophets who were before you. If heaven is not part of that paradigm, if our desire to be with God, our desire to glorify God is not part of our paradigm, then it's going to fail. We're going to come up short. We're not going to have the spiritual success that we're looking for because that's part of seeking the will of God. There's all kinds of places that we could go to to talk about this even more. We could go over to Philippians 2 and talk about how Paul adopted the mind of Christ. Going even into Philippians 3, we could talk about 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and knowing the terror of the Lord that we persuade men. But I think that's probably enough for today. You want to attain spiritual success. You want to really meet your spiritual aims this year. Then you have to make the goals real. And the goals won't be real until you adjust your thinking to be according to the will of God. Well, I'll be back next week with another episode. It'll be a little bit longer than this one. I wanted to just give you something kind of short this week. But I want to say again, thank you for being here and welcome to the family. I look forward to many more episodes. We are a band of brothers. And until I hear from you again, man up.
dismissed.